Good morning, Sonship. Welcome to A Course in Miracles Daily Reading Text Conference Call. We're read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. Today we're going to read from the manual, section 17, How Should the Teacher of God Spend His Day, paragraphs 1 through 9. You can access an original edition by going to jcim.net, and on that link you will see a menu bar with all kinds of good and look for online edition. We gather Monday through Friday, 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we read each assigned paragraph twice. Uh, and then we open up the call for sharing. We also continue our workbook lesson, where we remember when anyone is speaking, reading, listening, that they are the Son of God. We also invite our daily uh, workbook lesson, which is Lesson 355, there is no end to all the peace and joy and all the miracles that I will give when I accept God's word. Why not today? Finally, we ask that you mute your phone at all times unless you are speaking by using your own mute function on your device. So I'm going to turn the call over to Reverend Regia for morning prayer. Reverend Regia. Okay, thank you, Chris. We'll just begin this time together by closing our eyes and drawing within. And we feel that stillness as we release our thoughts and we relax the body. It just takes a few moments to feel that peace and to open to the loving thoughts of God. Perhaps we will do this in the morning as we awaken and before we retire for the night or any time in between that we need to regroup, center, and open to truth. Today our lesson is always there when we open to it It tells us there is no end to all the peace and joy and all the miracles that I will give when I accept God's word. Why not today? There's a place in chapter 1 of A Course in Miracles in which it says, quote, Only eternity is real. Why not use the illusion of time constructively? Unquote. So perhaps that might be our choice in each moment of today to use the illusion of time constructively to accept God's word. You know, in chapter 15, paragraph 10, uses of time, we learned, take, quote, take this very instant now and think of it as all there is of time. Nothing can reach you out of the past and it is here that you are completely absolved, completely free, and holy without condemnation. From this holy instant wherein holiness was born again, you will go forth in time without fear and with no sense of change with time. Unquote. There's no need to wait. Our lesson today assures us there's no end to all the peace and joy. When I accept God's word, why not today? 
what is his word? From our reading in the manual, say, we learn to always remember in every second of illusory time, if we choose, quote, God is with me. I cannot be deceived. There is no will but God's. And so our lesson goes on today with this prayer. Quote, Why should I wait, my Father, for the joy you promised me? For you will keep your word you gave your son in exile. I am sure my treasure waits for me, and I need but reach out my hand to find it. Even now my fingers touch it. It is very close. I need not wait an instant more to be at peace forever. It is you I choose and my identity along with you. Your son would be himself and know you as his father and creator and his love. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you, Reverend Richa. Amen. Thank you. Reverend Richa. Amen. Here's who I have um, reading. I have Lee, Ida, Olive, Reverend Rita, Joy, um, Josie. Who else has joined the call that would like to get on the reading list? I have. Hi, everybody. Hi, Fran. Hi. This is Carl. I can read as well. Great. Thank you. Mary's here. I can read. Hi. Great. Hi, Mary. Here we go. 16. Lee, would you okay. please read? Um, one, and then I'll roll back over. To the advanced teacher of God, this question is meaningless. There is no program for the lessons and the curriculum change each day. Yet he is sure of but one thing. They do not change at random. Seeing this and understanding it is true. He rests content. He will be told all that his role should be this day and every day. And those who share that role with him will find him so they can learn the lessons for the day together. Not one is absent whom he needs. Not one is sent without a learning goal already set and one which can be met that very day. For the advanced teacher of God, then, this question is superfluous and has been asked and answered and he keeps in constant contact with the answer. He is set and sees the road on which he walks stretch surely and smoothly before him. All right, thank you, Lee. Ida, one and two, please. To the advanced teacher of God, this question is meaningless. There is no program for the lessons in the curriculum change each day. Yet he is sure about one thing. They do not change at random. Seeing this and understanding it is true, he rests content. He will be told all that his role should be, this day and every day. And those who share that role with him will find him, so they can learn the lessons for the day together. Not one is absent whom he needs. Not one is sent without a learning goal already set, and one which can be met that very day. For the advanced teacher of God, then, 
this question is superfluous. It has been asked and answered, and he keeps in constant contact with the answer. He is set and sees the road on which he walks stretched surely and smoothly before him. Two, but what about those who have not reached a certainty? They are not yet ready for such lack of structuring on their own part. What must they do to learn to give the day to God? There are some general rules which do apply, although each one must use them as best he can in his own way. Routines as such are dangerous because they easily become gods in their own right, threatening the very goals for which they were set up. Broadly speaking, then, it can be said that it is well to start the day right. It is always possible to begin again, should the day begin with error, yet there are obvious advantages in terms of saving time if the need for this can be avoided. Thank you, Ida. Paula, uh, two and three, please. But what about those who have not reached their certainty? They are not yet ready for, for such lack of structuring on their own part. What must they do to learn to give the day to God? There are some general rules which do apply, although each one must use them as best he can in his own way. Routines as such as routines as such are dangerous because they easily become gods in their own right, threatening the very goals for which they were set up. Broadly speaking, then, it can be said that it is well to start the day right. It is always possible to begin again, should the day begin with error. Yet there are obvious advantages in terms of saving time if the need for this can be avoided. 3. At the beginning, it is wise to think in terms of time. This is by no means the ultimate criterion. But on the outset, it it is probably the simplest to observe. The saving of time is an essential early emphasis, which although it remains important throughout the learning process, it becomes less and less emphasized. At the onset, we can safely say that time devoted to spending the day right does indeed save time. How much time should be spent? This must depend on the teacher of God himself. He cannot claim that title until he has gone through the workbook since we are learning within the framework of our course. After completion of of the more structured practice periods which the workbook contains, individual need becomes the chief consideration. Thank you, Paula. Reverend Rija Joy, um, three and four, please. (laughs) Okay, three and four. Um, Three. At the beginning, it is wise to think in terms of time. This is by no means the ultimate criterion, but at the outset, it is probably the simplest to observe. The saving of time is an essential early emphasis, which, although it remains important throughout the learning process, becomes less and less emphasized. At the outset, we can safely say that time devoted to starting the day right does indeed 
save time. How much time should be so spent? This must depend on the teacher of God himself. He cannot claim that title until he has gone through the workbook, since we are learning within the framework of our course. After completion of the more structured practice periods, which the workbook contains, individual need becomes the chief consideration. Four, this course is always practical. It may be that the teacher of God is not in a situation which fosters quiet thought as he awakes. If this is so, let him but remember that he chooses to spend time with God as soon as possible and let him do so. Duration is not the major concern. One can easily sit still an hour with closed eyes and accomplish nothing. One can as easily give God only an instant and in that instant join with him completely. Perhaps the one generalization that can be made is this. As soon as possible after waking, take your quiet time, continuing a minute or two after you begin to find it difficult you may find that the difficulty will diminish and drop away. If not, that is the time to stop. Thank you, Reverend Rita Joy. Uh, Excuse me, Josie, uh, four and five, please. Four. This course is always practical. It may be that the teacher of God is not in a situation which fosters quiet thought as he awakes. If this is so, let him but remember that he chooses to spend time with God as soon as possible and let him do so. Duration is not the major concern. One can easily sit still an hour with closed eyes and accomplish nothing. One can easily Give God only an instant, and in that instant, join with him completely. Perhaps the one generalization that can be made is this. As soon as possible after waking, take your quiet time. Continuing a minute or two after you begin to find it difficult. You may find that the difficulty will diminish and drop away. If not, that is the time to stop. Five. The same procedures, the same procedures should be followed at night. Perhaps your quiet time should be fairly early in the evening if it is not feasible for you to take it just before going to sleep. It is not wise to lie down for it. It is better to sit up in whatever position you prefer. Having gone through the workbook, you must have come to some conclusions in this respect. If possible, however, just before going to sleep is a desirable time devote to God. It sets your mind into a pattern of rest and orients you away from fear. If it is expedient to spend this time earlier, at least be sure that you do not forget a brief period, 
not more than a moment will do in which you close your eyes and think of God. Thank you, Josie. Fran, five and six, please. Five. The same procedures should be followed at night. Perhaps your quiet time should be fairly early in the evening if it is not feasible for you to take it just before going to sleep. It is not wise to lie down for it. It's better to sit up in whatever position you prefer. Having gone through the workbook, you must have come to some conclusions in this respect. If possible, however, just before going to sleep is a desirable time to devote to God. It sets your mind into a pattern of rest and orients you away from fear. If it is expedient to spend this time earlier, at least be sure that you do not forget a brief period, not more than a moment will do, in which you close your eyes and think of God. Six. There is one thought in particular that should be remembered throughout the day. It is a thought of pure joy, a thought of peace, a thought of limitless release. Limitless, because all things are freed within it. You think you made a place of safety for yourself. You think you made a power that can save you from all the fearful things you see in dreams. It is not so. Your safety lies not there. What you give up is merely the illusion of protecting illusions. And it is this you fear, and only this. How foolish to be so afraid of nothing. Nothing at all. Your defenses will not work, but you are not in danger. You have no need of them. Recognize this, and they will disappear. And only then will you accept your real protection. Thank you, Fran. Uh, Carl, uh, six and seven, please. There is one thought in particular that should be remembered throughout the day. It is a thought of pure joy, a thought of peace, a thought of limitless release. Limitless because all things are freed within it. You think you made a place of safety for yourself. You think you made a power that can save you from all the fearful things you see in dreams. It is not so. Your safety lies not there. What you give up is merely the illusion of protecting illusions. And it is this you fear, and only this. How foolish to be so afraid of nothing. Nothing at all. Your defenses will not work, but you are not in danger. You have no need of them. Recognize this, and they will disappear. And only then will you accept your real protection. 7. How simply and how easily does the day slip by for the teacher of God who has accepted his protection? All that he did before in the name of safety no longer interests him, for he is safe and knows it to be so. He has a guide who will not fail. He need make no distinctions among the problems he perceives, for he to whom he turns with all of them recognizes no order of difficulty in resolving them. He is as safe in the present 
as he was before illusions were accepted into his mind, and as he will be when he has let them go. There is no difference in his state at different times and different places, because they are all one to God. This is his safety, and he has no need for more than this. Thank you, Carl. Mary, 7 and 8, please. How simply and how easily does the day slip by for the teacher of God who has accepted his protection? All that he did before in the name of safety no longer interests him. For he is safe and knows it to be so. He has a guide who will not fail. He needs make no distinctions among the problems he perceives. For he to whom he turns with all of them recognizes no order of difficulty in resolving them. He is as safe in the present as he was before illusions were accepted into his mind, and as he will be when he has let them go. There is no difference in his state at different times and different places, because they are all one to God. This is his safety, and he has no need for more than this. 8. Yet there will be temptations along the way the teacher of God has yet to travel, and he has need of reminding himself throughout the day of his protection. How can he do this, particularly during the time when his mind is occupied with external things? He can but try and his success depends on his conviction that he will succeed. He must be sure success is not of him, but will be given him at any time, in any place and circumstance he calls for it. There are times his certainty will waver, and the instant this occurs, He will return to earlier attempts to place reliance on himself alone. Forget not this is magic, and that magic is a sorry substitute for true assistance. It is not good enough for God's teacher because it is not enough for God's son. Thank you, Mary. So do we have any new readers that would like to read 8 and 9? All right, Lee, 8 and 9, please. Yet there will be temptations along the way the teacher of God has yet to travel. And he has need of reminding himself throughout the day of his protection. How can he do this? particularly during the time when his mind is occupied with external things, he can but try, and his success depends on his conviction 
that he will succeed. He must be sure success is not of him, but will be given him at any time, in any place and circumstance he calls for it. There are times his certainty will waver, and the instant this occurs, he will return to earlier attempts to place reliance on himself alone. Forget not, this is magic, and that magic is a sorry substitute for true assistance. It is not good enough for God's teacher, because it is not good enough for God's son. 9. The avoidance of magic is the avoidance of temptation. For all temptation is nothing more than the attempt to substitute another will for God's. These attempts may indeed seem frightening, yet they are merely pathetic. They can have no effects, neither good nor bad, neither rewarding nor demanding sacrifice, healing nor destructive, quieting nor fearful. When all magic is recognized as merely nothing, the teacher of God has reached the most advanced state. All intermediate lessons will but lead to this and bring this goal nearer to recognition. For magic of any kind, in all its forms, simply does nothing. Its powerlessness is the reason it can be so easily escaped. What has no effects can hardly terrify. Thank you, Lee. Uh, Ida, 9 and 10, please. The avoidance of magic is the avoidance of temptation. For all temptation is nothing more than the attempt to substitute another will for God's. These attempts may indeed seem frightening, yet they are merely pathetic. They can have no effects, neither good nor bad, neither rewarding nor demanding, sacrifice, healing nor destructive, quieting nor fearful. When all magic is recognized as merely nothing, the teacher of God has reached the most advanced state. All intermediate lessons will but lead to this and bring this goal nearer to recognition. For magic of any kind, in all its forms, simply does nothing. Its powerlessness is the reason it can be so easily escaped. What has no effects can hardly terrify. 10. There is no substitute for the will of God. In simple statement, it is to this fact that the teacher of God devotes his day. Each substitute he may accept as real can but deceive him. But he is safe from all deception if he so decides. <clears throat> Perhaps he needs to remember, quote, God is with me. I cannot be deceived, unquote. Perhaps he prefers other words, or only one, or none at all. Yet each temptation to accept magic as true must be abandoned to his recognition, not that it is fearful, not that it is sinful, not that it is dangerous, but merely that it is meaningless. Rooted in sacrifice and separation, 
two aspects of one error and no more. He merely chooses to give up all that he never had. And for this, quote, sacrifice, is heaven restored to his awareness. Thank you, Ida. Paula, 10 and 11, please. There is no substitute for the will of God. In simple statement, it is to this fact that the teacher of God devotes his day. Each substitute he may accept as real can but deceive him, but he is safe from all deception if he so decides. Perhaps he needs to remember, God is with me, I cannot be deceived. Perhaps he prefers other words, and only one or none at all. Yet each temptation to accept magic as true must be abandoned through his recognition that it is fearful, not that it is sinful, not that it is dangerous, but merely that it is meaningless. Rooted in sacrifice and separation, two aspects of one error and no more, he merely chooses to give up all he never had. All that he never had. And for this sacrifice is heaven restored to his awareness. 11. Is not this an exchange that you would want? The world would gladly make it, make it if it knew it could be made. It is God's teachers who must teach it that it can. And so it is their function to make sure that they have learned it. No risk is possible throughout the day except to put your trust in magic. For it is only this that leads to pain. Can I read that line again? No risk is possible throughout the day except to put your trust in magic. For it is only this that leads to pain. Quote, there is no will but God's, unquote. His teachers know that this is so and have learned that everything but this is magic. All belief in magic is maintained by just one simple-minded illusion, that it works. All through his training, every day and hour, and even every minute and second, must God's teachers learn to recognize the forms of magic and perceive their meaninglessness. Fear is withdrawn from them, and so they go. And thus the gate of heaven is reopened, and its light can shine again on an untroubled mind. Thank you, Paula. And Reverend Rija, 11, please. And a prayer to open the floor, please. Okay, thank you. 11, is not this an exchange that you would want? The world would gladly make it if it knew it could be made. It is God's teachers who must teach that it can. And so it is their function to make sure that they have learned it. No risk is possible throughout the day except to put your trust in magic, for it is only this that leads to pain. Quote, there is no will but God's, unquote. His teachers know that this is so and have learned that everything but this is magic. All belief in magic is maintained by just one simple-minded illusion, that it works. All through his training, every day and hour, and every minute and second, must God's teachers learn to recognize the forms of magic and perceive their meaninglessness. 
fear is withdrawn from them, and so they go. And thus the gate of heaven is reopened, and its light can shine again on an untroubled mind. And so we pray. Every instant, every moment that I am here is an opportunity to remember one vital thing he tells me. There is no will but God's. I keep putting a separate will. I keep thinking there is a world separate from me. But it's not so. There is only God's will. And this I recall in every instant. It directs me. It tells me what to say and what to do, all based on bringing that within my mind and knowing the truth, accepting the truth. It's the only truth. There is only God's will. So I come to this every instant today. It's not that I live in the world, mostly, and there are times and moments when I I think of my connection with God and my spiritual journey. And I, I devote time in my life for my spiritual journey. But what if my life is my spiritual journey and then sometimes, every once in a while, I get pulled out from it and think that I'm in the world. But perhaps I could make that shift that most of the time I know and remember that there's only God's will. Remember why I'm here. And everything is related to that. Everything I do and say is related to that truth. There would be joy. He tells us there is no end to all the peace and joy in our lesson today. And all the miracles that I will give when I accept God's word. Why not today? Why not now? And so it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, Amen. Hi, this is Paula. Um, I have a friend who has studied the course, has studied other or read other journeys and other paths, and I find her in so many ways, so enlightened. And I revel sometimes in her joy and bliss. And and we we get to talk. And, you know, she has her trials. I have mine. And and when I will say something like, there is no will but God's, she backs away from that. And she, I, I don't want to misquote, she'll say like, no... I have, I, it's my will. I know my highest. And and maybe she's saying the same thing, but I'm hearing it differently. And and the more I sat here this morning and thought about that line, because I say that quite a bit, it's not my will, but God's will. And then I said, no, you know, my will is God's will. Because I have learned that I'm an extension of God. I am an extension of God. So my will is God's will. 
So it's all one. So no matter how you phrase it and what you believe, we're all saying the same thing. I mean, this is in my head. So when I when I look back and I, I or I see things and maybe judge things, <laughs> I hate to use that word, <laughs> which I do. I and I'll say it's God's will. And I accept that, but it is my will also, because I'm accepting it. I don't know, maybe I'm talking in riddles now, because I know when we get into this conversation, I, I just back away and and I let her be, and I let myself be, because we're all going in the same direction. We're all doing it our own way. So I don't like to get into heavy debates with anyone on their beliefs or how they say or express themselves because it is God's will no matter what and I kind of say that well this is God's will will, and I just back away so did I just rant did I just ramble I don't even know what I was saying after a while (laughs) did you get the no you were coherent oh thank you Ida (laughs) thank you so much for that (laughs) thank you it is God's will. <laughs> I can believe. <laughs> that was nice, Paula. Thank you. Yeah, that was good, Paula. Thank you. It was clear to me, too, Paula. Thanks. Maybe my uncertainty <laughs> oh. is not so uncertain. Not <laughs> uncertain, <laughs> of course. Um, but... NTI class that I went to last night, um, we talked about this idea of oneness and the idea that really, 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 there is only one being. Um, I'm not sure if you guys believe that or not. There is, you know, one being that is us, all of us as one, and God in all of us as one. And all of us in God is one. And no matter which way you're going to phrase it, basically it's all the same. I'm complete. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida. We are one. Thank you, Ida. You guys believe that we're one in God too, right? I'm sorry. I mean, that that it's really there's only one being. Do you... Guys, have a problem with that statement, or do you believe that that's also true? I believe I'm one with God. We're all one with God. That's what the Course is telling us. Thank you. I'm complete. Someone else is, um, had started to speak as well. That that was me, Josie. Um, thank you, Ida. Uh, Reverend Regent, when you were um, taking us through the prayer and you said, um, my life is my spiritual journey. Oh, that just went right through me. How much easier that would be for me to think of my life that way as the spiritual journey. And it prompted me to share, I... 
Uh, I have my I I live at a little tiny lake cottage, but I have a little downtown house here that I I just recently bought to help take care of my mother, and um, I'm not here that often, so I've been getting alerts on my phone that on every Thursday there's like a surge of electrical use above the parameter that I set and the water bill showing that on that day the water's going up and uh, wondering what that was. And I have a friend, he's a single parent about my age and there's a minimum wage job and he doesn't make too much. Well, apparently... Um, he's been coming over. He has a key in case I needed anything checked. He's been coming over here, and he must be using the washer and dryer. But then I also am noticing um, things are missing, like um, food out of the cupboard and things out of the refrigerator and the freezer. This morning I went to make coffee, and there was no coffee there. A A paper towels, I went to put a new one in paper towels were gone so apparently he's been coming in here and you know taking things things that he needs you know basic items that he needs to live and um, uh, jars and things out of the cupboards and uh, not saying though that he's doing it and I just you know normally a year ago I, I would be like a maniac you know but now, I I just feel, and, I, and when you said that, because it was just yesterday that I discovered all of this, I, I thought, you know, my life, this is a spiritual journey, and uh, that person is part of it. And if he feels the need to come in here and take basic essentials for life, who am I to, to really do anything? So um, how I would react? I'm going to stock that refrigerator, stock those cupboards, stock those shelves, and and let him take and do what he needs because at some point it will be revealed to me. But um, anyway, when you said life is my life is my spiritual journey, I, I really took that in that something like that is part of my spiritual journey, and and I can um, be different about that. So thank you. It it wrapped it up for me really really nicely and relate to this lesson where he was saying here today in the reading that the right ones will come to me I don't know the exact words but the right ones and the right experience will come to me Um, certainly wasn't expecting that but I can take that too so thank you anyway I'm getting rambly thank you I'm complete thank you I mean, uh, this is Reverend Regis Joy. I just wanted to jump in here uh, and uh, and then let uh, you know give space for other other shares. But uh, just wanted to um, to to thank you and and uh, you know for sharing that that meant a lot to you. And also, what came to me, however, is that um, it was so beautiful when you said you're going to stock the house, uh, you know, stock the place, and it was really it felt so loving. And then the idea that came to me was it's not uh, – it becomes real when you share it. And so I, I asked myself what, what I do in, in that situation. And I think what I would do is I would let him know 
that I know. And that because he is uh, most likely operating under a sense of theft <laughs> or uh, unspoken, unspoken uh, privilege. He, he, he may in the back of his mind not be sure whether this is kosher or not. He might think, oh, yeah, you know, she, she, she wouldn't mind. But he might not be sure. And he might have guilt. And who wants to live with that guilt? And it would, for me, I would let him know that, oh, I became, I've, I've noticed this. And let me, uh, let me uh, share with you that uh, whatever, what you, what you need, I'm here. I'm here for you, brother. You know, uh, I'm here. Just to serve, and uh, you know what, what's what's real is is the love that we share, and not these items that uh, that I'm able to give you. Um, I don't know. I wanted to share that. So thanks, thanks so much for your story, Josie. And I'm complete. I'm sorry for st- jumping in. Oh, no, Reverend Reed, I wanted to say the same thing. Yes, thank you for saying it for me. Just let him know to, if there's any guilt to raise that. Thank you, Reverend Regia, for saying that. I'm complete. Oh, thanks, Paula. Yeah, thank you, Regia. Uh, the same thing was coming up for me. The idea, the first thing that came to my mind is is an escalation of the situation, that uh, you start with little things and things may increase. But if you address him, you know, and you confront him with it and let him know, I've noticed things are disappearing and, you know, if, if there's some things that you – let him know that you know. And it was so generous. Again, when you said that you would stock it, I was like, how wonderful. But, uh, but yeah, if it's not addressed, um, you know, that guilt and that shame and stuff will pile up in, in, inside him, and it could, you know, drive additional behaviors. At least that's been, you know, my understanding and experience. And, uh, and the idea of, you know, you, you do see that things are missing, so there's a reality to that. And, you know, and again, nothing happens for nothing, so – uh, it's probably correct in your, you know, in your assumptions. And when we do something with love, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a wonderful way to, uh, uh, to, to help, but, uh, but to stock it up and, and not tell him, you know, what's going on. Um, it's just fattening the calf kind of, I, I don't mean to walk into the ledge on that, but those are my thoughts. Thank you. Complete. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, that's kind of stuff I was trying to say too. And, um, what I meant to say, because I was kind of jumping in, sorry, is aren't you even going to talk to him? But I mean, that's sort of like saying what you should do, and I don't want to say that, you know, because um, there is no world but God's, and there is no real reality but the real world and heaven. But um, I, with my experience in life, if that were happening to me, I would talk to him, and but also I would try to have like a conversation with him. If this guy is coming into my, you know, you know, like private, but like temporary vacation house or house next to my mom or whatever it is, um, I would try to like have a conversation with him over coffee or something and see like, um, okay, so he has a job, it's minimum wage, and what else is going on with his financial situation? What is in his heart that maybe he might want to tell me too? Because um, I'm not proud to say this, but I have taken things before. Um from places that, well, a couple of times it was maybe like something like that, you know, and 
it was really okay, but there were some times when I knew it wasn't okay. And part of the reason that I did that, or even, maybe the whole reason was not because I couldn't get myself other, in other places, or even because I needed to have that stuff. It was because I felt a lack of love, ego, right? A lack of love, so somehow ego was trying to make up for that lack of love by taking things. And according to what we all learned about the ego, I'm sure that makes complete sense to all of you. And so I'm not saying this guy is like that either, but, um, you know, maybe there's, you know, resources in the area, you know, food banks, food stamps, other things going on, the, the not meals on wheels. Mom, they have here market on the move. You you pay ten dollars and in the you know once a month you get like sixty pounds of food for that. I mean you know it's really cool and and all that stuff and we could find out together. I mean me and this guy and then I would have the information to help other people in the in the future when I'm in that area and then he would feel more um, empowered and I'm glad through my experience that I could say something that. That might be helpful in this situation. God bless you all, and me too. And uh, I'm complete. Thanks, Thanks Ida. Thanks, Ida. Thanks for um, your honesty I'm, there, Ida. Thanks, everybody. Please go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. I'm just feeling as a course student that I need do nothing, and... Um, I don't feel like I'm in any position to say anything or tell anybody anything. I'm complete. Thanks, Chris. Jesse, I wanted to, I just wanted to thank you for that story. And, and I wanted to thank you for highlighting that part of Regis' share that I can consider my life a spiritual journey just to feel the way you were touching into that created a little shift for me. And and it's wonderful when that happens. It's exactly what this particular section, I think, is um, designed to do for me, to begin to give me the sense that I have two different ways of walking this world. And one is to walk this world in trust. Remember that that first of the characteristics of God's teachers, the one everything else is built on, is a sense of trust. And it goes back to that paragraph, the first paragraph under trust that says, trust is the foundation on which their ability to fulfill their function rests, these teachers of God. Perception is the result of learning The teachers of God have trust in the world because they've learned it is not governed by the laws the world made up. It's governed by a power which is in them, but not of them. It's this power that keeps all things safe. It's through this power that the teachers of God look on a forgiven world. And then he says, when this power has once been experienced, it's impossible to trust one's own petty strength again. In those few sentences, he frames for me the difference between walking this world with an implicit trust in that power which governs the world on the one side 
and trusting in my own petty strength on the other side. And in this section, he clarifies that his term for trusting in my petty strength is to lose my sense of safety, lose my sense of trust, and believe in um, my petty strength as my source of safety. That, he says, is magic. And that's all he's describing as magic. The temptation to lose my faith or my trust that God's will be done, that the world is governed by this power. It's a capitalized power that Helen was prompted to write. A power that's in me but not of me. A power that absolutely keeps me safe. If I could walk the world that way, then I get a sense of what he's talking about in this first paragraph. That the teacher of God is sure of one thing, that what occurs doesn't occur across his day at random. He describes for me what it would be this day and every day to recognize that all situations and occurrences and encounters are arranged so that I learn what I need learn, and those who are sent to me are able to learn their part of what we learn together. So I become both a learner and a teacher looking for every encounter as that instruction that I was guided to across that day. If I could rest in the trust that all circumstances are arranged in that same fashion, then my fear, my doubt, my hesitation, my despair, so many things would be wiped for me with access to that trust. Across this section, there are, for me, just a couple of main topics. And one is this idea of how to spend the day Acknowledging that I'm not in a place where I can walk the world the way he describes in that first paragraph, he says the way for me to begin to achieve that is to touch in with God in the morning and touch in with God in the evening. And he's going to make it as simple as possible. You need not spend more than an instant thinking of God. That's the way he describes it. Just to think of God in the morning and in the evening. In the evening sets the mind right, sets my mind at rest. And in the morning clarifies that my day will be um, guided and directed in safety. That if I drop into fear, I drop into a sense of threat, sense of panic for myself or others, then I have chosen once again to rely on my own judgment which will direct me then to address the situation from my own sense of how to reestablish safety. And I learned in Rules for Decision that choice to rush in and try to establish my safety on my own without guidance 
is what it is to listen to the ego. And I'm given this opportunity and the instruction how in those situations to recognize that's the very time when I should be turning it instead to the voice of the Holy Spirit for direction and for guidance. A guidance that is built first on trust. If I can relax into trust, then the prompting I get as to how to respond to a situation is entirely different than the prompt I would have gotten in fear. And Josie, I loved your story, and I and I and I uh, note that you didn't ask for um, advice as to how to deal with this situation. I hope you can understand that um, a story like that um, is one that generates a lot of response. Um, just as people let that sit in their heart and ask themselves how they would themselves uh, respond. And we, and we heard a lot of that. And it was, it was wonderful how much that touched in for people as a, uh, as a, you know, really uh, charged and dynamic kind of um, question or situation. Um, I think it's, I think it's really beautiful what you came to. And, um, and I see that tie-in completely with what we're reading in this section in terms of relaxing into uh, a different choice for how to respond uh, than you said you would have, you know, just this past year. So that was beautiful. I've talked long enough, but boy, there's so much highlighted in this section for me. Um, there are six or eight places in this section um, that define magic, and I would just suggest that it's really helpful. If anyone ever wonders what magic means or what it is in the Course, uh, this section is the most complete description of what it is to trust in my own power and to follow that prompting instead of the prompt to once again relax into all that I've learned of trust and be guided by what Holy Spirit offers me as a different response built on a sense of safety. Sorry, Jesse, I think I talked over you. Thank you, Lee. Yes, thank you, Lee. Wow, thank you. That was terrific. Sure showed me I came from fear, so so thank you. (laughs) Great lesson for me. Thanks, Stephen. Beautiful explanation. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Because you know, as I hear everyone speaking, it all it all goes into one place, and then what I come out of after everyone sharing is a little bit different now than what I had originally said. So it everything just moved me into. Um, you know, there's a practical aspect of things as well that I was sort of like possibly myself just ignoring because maybe I didn't want to have that conversation. So I would take like this super high spiritual road. But no, here in the humanness, um, there, there may need to be 
a balance. And so I, I got that really from everyone's sharing. And, oh, thank you, team, for, for pulling it all together. <laughs> nice work, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. We're all the team. <laughs> thank you. Okay, it's Chris. Now that we got the cupboard straightened out, <laughs> um, I just, just had to tell you that I just, you know, I used to go and steal stuff from my parents all the time years ago. And then I found out my brother was doing it. And now it's turned into this really great joke of who can steal the best stuff and not get caught. And it's turned out to be such a joy. Um, and we're talking 30 years now, so it brought some great fun memories. Um, I want to talk about the laying down and sitting up and the whole, I, I think I complain about this all the time. I just, the sitting up stuff gets me so distracted. I'm a horizontal meditator and I'm just wondering if uh, our teacher here is being crystal clear to me to learn different methods of meditation. I'd love to hear your input. I'm complete. Um, this is Reverend Regia Joy, and you know, um, I just wanted to share uh, from a yogic uh, point of view because um, yoga nidra means yoga sleep, yogic sleep. Nidra is sleep. And at the end of our class, we lay down, uh, we put a blanket on and an eye pillow, um, lavender-scented eye pillow, and try not to go, <laughs> go to sleep. Now, the thing is, yoga nidra, the body goes to sleep, but the mind, which never sleeps, stays awake and aware. And that's the challenge of yoga nidra. So, you know, if you're a supine, you know, a meditator that lays down, that's, beautiful that's a challenge that's more of a challenge because they say the body um the mind <laughs> wants to go to sleep and join the body when when you're laying down because there's so many indicators ah you know so many major indicators it's time to go to sleep so it's a very challenging it's awesome to to uh to be able to meditate while you're laying down and that's the challenge that we have in every class at the end of class that challenge is to stay awake and aware let the body relax completely, but the mind stays awake and aware, and it's just a, it's an exercise in mindfulness. So I just wanted to add that to you. Thanks. I'm complete. Thanks, Reverend Rija. Thank you, Reverend Rija. You know, this is Carl. I, I think that, uh, you know, the idea, at least the way I look at meditation, the idea is to quiet the mind and get in touch with pure awareness. And if you can quiet your mind uh, and, and get in touch with pure awareness, I don't think it makes any difference what position you're in. But it's like Reverend Regis said, if you're laying down and finding yourself falling asleep, then you might want to reconsider your position because um, you can't quiet the mind if you're not aware that the, of the mind, if you're asleep. Just a thought. I'm complete. Thank you, Carl. This is Paula. I attended a... Um, seminar with John Monday 
he had come to Unity, and I don't know, and he spoke a few times at you, but he said, you can meditate anytime, anywhere, in any position. Basically what he said, you could be walking, and if you can quiet your mind and be completely aware, you're meditating. So, you know, for me personally, you know, I always thought I had to sit in a yoga position. I had to be, my chakras had to be, my butt, you know. <laughs> you see these pictures of met people meditating. And after he said that, and I choose to sit, I feel the energy goes through me quicker. I don't, when I lie down, I tend to relax to the point where I want to go to sleep. But... When he said that, and he made, he, you know, and he used other references, he said, a meditated state could be obtained anywhere, anyhow. I mean, that's, and he's been, as we all, if everyone's aware of John Monday, a writer of books, a professor. I mean, he's been involved since, you know, a long, long time with the course. So I thought of it, and I take that to heart. I believe that to be the case. I'm complete. Not that I could do it. I can't even walk and chew gum at the same time, but that's besides the point. So <laughs> I just share that with you. I'm complete. Thanks, Paula. Carl? Thank you, Paula. Thank you, guys. Lee, again, there's one sentence at the very last paragraph um, that I suspect all of us kind of linger over as we read it. Um, it says, no risk is possible throughout the day except to put your trust in magic, for it's only this that leads to pain. Um, it's a, I, I, just to highlight that sentence for a moment, it's it's really interesting to me that he describes the possibility of walking this world with so much trust that things are orchestrated and handled that all things that are coming to me work for the good that all things coming to everyone work for the good there's just the possibility as extreme as that seems that the reason it's extreme is my trust in the egos judgment of what is risk and what is um, threat but to walk in that degree of trust and to know that all walk in that degree of safety then begins to pose the idea that from that mindset the only risk possible that would reintroduce doubt or a sense of fear would be the temptation to once again put my trust in the ego's judgment and its version of what makes me safe. No risk is possible then to the teacher of God who's achieved a sense of trust other than the temptation to put that trust once again in one's own judgment and one's own strength and one's own version of what it is to establish safety. For it is only this that leads to pain. If I reverse that last phrase, 
I hear him promising me the way out of all pain and suffering, all fear, is to learn more and more about this degree of trust, this trust that establishes my faith in a strength that comes not of me, but is always provided, strength and safety always provided me as part of God's will for me. I'm complete. Thanks. Thanks, Lee. Thank you, Lee. That was great. Thank you, Lee. This is Carl. Lee, I, I think what you just said is exactly why we're here, to develop that degree of trust. Simply that, that degree of trust. I'm complete. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. That's nicely put. Thanks, Carl. I so agree. Thanks, Carl. Yeah. What a reminder. Thank you, Carl. Yeah, thank you. I seem to forget more and more. Anyway, thank you, Carl. What a wonderful call. This has been great, uh, dealing with real-world stuff and Thank you, Lee, for that too, man. You, you really are, are in touch this morning, and it's greatly appreciated. Because again, you know, when am I thinking, you know, with my will? When am I thinking with God's will? And when I'm fear-based, when things come up and it didn't feel, you know, comfortable, that's what I got to check and double-check and recheck again. And uh, and yeah, there's a, uh, a real-world application here. That's what the course is about. So thank you for the lessons. Appreciate it. I'm complete. Yeah, thank you. And nice, Stephen. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah. Paragraph four. This course is always practical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> this is Fran. I'll have to tell a short little story about this kind of thing. I was, um, you know, been having this battle with this art guy, and I deal with his assistant. And the other morning, I was asking for help so much, and I was doing this little meditation. And in the middle of the meditation, I heard, skip the assistant and go to him. And I thought, oh, my God, no, I can't do that. I'm too scared. I can't do that. I always go to the assistant. So I walked around for the morning. I kept thinking about this, and I felt like I was guided to do this. I felt like I was guided. And then I go in front of my refrigerator, and it says, Everything you want is on the other side of fear. And I thought, okay, I've got to do this. So I sit down and write him an email. And about five minutes later, I get this long email back from him complaining about his illness. And I realize this man is sick. So then we have a couple of little emails more about the illness, and then we get back to the art. And um, I thanked him for his patience with me, and I told him I was trying. And he wrote back, I know you are, and I think if we stick together, we will accomplish something great. I, I, I was just floored. I <laughs> was so glad that I got over my fear and I did what I was guided to do, that I trusted in that day. And I'm going to write him another one today because that's the guidance I'm getting to be I'm complete. Thanks, guys. Wow. Thank that's you. Fran. That was great. Yeah. Thank you, Fran. Thanks, Fran. Thank you, Miracles. 
They do happen. Yeah. Chris, you better make the T-shirts and the hats for the team here. We, we've been doing some <laughs> put our hats or T-shirts on during the call and really get in there and get into it. It's just so grateful. Right. I mean, the shifting that happens is just extraordinary. I feel so blessed, which means sounds like a perfect time for a prayer. What do you think, Reverend Rita? <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> and I'll sit Aaron. up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we'll uh we'll draw together, we'll join together for a few moments, we'll close our eyes and uh and go within. And feel that peace. It is a communion. Communion of souls who have chosen to join one another in remembering that there is but God's will. This we do. I learned in the beginning of the reading today in the manual for teachers of A Course in Miracles uh, on the question, how should the teacher of God spend his day? There was this uh, guidance that said, it is well to start the day right. And and how true is that? I I also learned that uh, only a person who has gone through the workbook could refer to themselves as God's teachers. And that uh, having done so, they, they might have an idea by then, after having gone through all the lessons, having an idea of the quiet times that they spend with God, with the loving thoughts of God in the beginning of the day as they awaken and at the end of the day. And we read this, let him but remember, this is a quote, let him but remember that he chooses to spend time with God as soon as possible. And then uh, we also read, as soon as possible after waking, take your quiet time, continuing a minute or two after you begin to find it difficult. If possible, however, just before going to sleep is a desirable time to devote to God as well. It sets your mind into a pattern of rest and orients you away from fear. Unquote. So we have this guidance, spending time. Now, after connecting with my source at the beginning of the day, he tells me that during the day what a teacher of God will experience, quote, he will be told all that his role should be this day and every day. And those who share that role with him will find him so they can learn the lessons for the day together. And when I read this, I was reminded of the prayer that we received in the text in chapter 4. It's my favorite. Quote, I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent Christ who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me. I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal, unquote. And so as I go through my day, I am given guidance on what thoughts should fill my mind. Quote, there is one thought, however, in particular, that should be remembered throughout the day. It is the thought of pure joy. 
thought of peace, a thought of limitless release, limitless, because all things are freed within it, unquote. But what if I don't have these thoughts? What if I'm filled with limiting thoughts that cloud my day? What if I've forgotten my purpose? And so we pray, Father, Mother, God, when my thoughts are not of joy and peace and limitless release, let me remember you, the love that sustains me. Let me remember the only reality that there truly is. And as my lesson today instructs, let me accept your word of what I am and what my brother is. You will show me I am safe now, in this moment and always, no matter what illusion I have brought into my mind. You will remind me, quote, all temptation is nothing more than the attempt to substitute another will for God's. There is no substitute for the will of God. In simple statement, it is to this fact that the teacher of God devotes his day, unquote. When I accept your word as the only truth, I will perceive everything else as meaningless and harmless. Now, there is no end to the peace and joy and all the miracles that I will receive today. As I accept your word, I will know, quote, God is with me. I cannot be deceived. And as you tell me today, the gate of heaven is reopened and its light can shine again on an untroubled mind. And so it is. Amen. 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 Oh, Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Lovely. Thank, Thank you, Evan Regis. Yes. Thank, Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you.